Welcome to Impacting Care. In this special episode, we want to share with you some of the greatest moments from the show during 2022. You'll hear our host, Natalia Anderson, in conversation with just some of the changemakers we spoke to who are creating impact in their regions for people with blood disorders. Let's start with Clement Sefagen. He's a 33-year-old entrepreneur and musician living in Bloemfontein, South Africa. Clement is a severe hemophiliac. Natalia spoke with Clement in March, and one topic that came up was the distance involved in accessing hemophilia care. You're amongst the young leaders who have given responsibility to reach out to people with haemophilia in your area. What are the differences in access to haemophilia care for a person living in a rural area versus the main cities? The differences are huge. Um, luckily for us, we now have over 11 treatment centres and we are trying to get to a point where access to treatment gets to the nearest clinic, local clinic for anyone who's got a bleeding disorder. Um, it's it's tough, but um, we have made strides. Um, access to care is becoming a bit easier for a lot of people with bleeding disorders in our country. Um, our, our HTCs um, play a huge role and even our nurses, um, they play a huge role. Um, and during the pandemic, we even had volunteers from the organization actually delivering treatment to patients that could not access it quickly because of the restrictions that were there. So um, we have got a lot of partners that actually are supporting us. So, yeah, the, the journey is is a bit easier for us. Luckily for us, with one of the programs we have done with the NNHF, um, one of the key objectives was for us to have um succession planning. So we had about 13 youths that were involved in a program and they came from different cities and provinces in the country. And one of the key things that we did um, for everyone was to say, when you go back home, try to form groups of young men and women where you discuss the condition, your challenges, how we can address them. What is the vision for the future of SAHF? The biggest thing for me is ensuring that we have a generation of youth that is actually mentally healthy. Um, They know that they can share whatever they're going through and there'll be someone there to just listen to them. Um, I, I think in any organization, People will get you involved if you show that you are hungry and if you show that you are willing to learn. The biggest thing is to be willing to learn. We need young people. We need um, new direction. If, If they don't step up, who are we expecting to step up? Clement is right. We need young people to get involved in support networks. Our next highlight is a great example of this. In April last year, Natalia had a conversation with Wajia Javed, treasurer of the Haemophilia Foundation, Pakistan. And how would you say the group has evolved since it was established in 2017? So before the creation of the National Women Group in Pakistan, how many members of the patient organisation were women? We were, we first started working on developing the National Women Group in 
2016. So in 2016, one of us joined the HFP. So we got into the talks and after you know, much deliberation and a lot of hard work, both foot and online. So we developed the group. We formed the group with a three-day workshop with a three-day orientation and capacity building workshop in 2017. And from 2017 till now, we have a lot of a lot more girls, you know, joining us and taking, actually having the confidence to talk about their complications or talk about their concerns, talk about their problems with us or with their parents. So now they are more vocal and we just see, we have, like I have seen, a great shift in the attitudes of these girls who were just once like they didn't even want to admit that they had a bleeding disorder or they were a female bleeder. So, you know, I think we have made great progress and our goal right now is still to, you know, attract as many women as we can to in the northern areas of Pakistan. How do you go about reaching out to other female bleeders and actually motivating them to join the group? What happens is that we have our patient registry. So our main target to target an area or a region of Pakistan is to going through the registry to finding out the female patients and try contacting them through the society means so they actually know that it's legit. And the parents have the confidence to send out their girls to outreach the society office. So what we do is what we create a safe place. We create a meeting point that they're comfortable with. And after the initial meeting, you just start talking. As said, you talk about themselves, you educate them because 80% of the girls that I have met were not actually fully aware of what is the disorder that they have and how they have to manage it and what happens when they are on their periods or what happens when they get the nosebleed. So it is really important to get that first meeting and get the parents mm-hmm. on board. You need to tell the girls that, you know, it's fine. It's not a taboo or it's not a wrong thing. I have seen a lot of girls blossom into these fine young women through the years and like who were once like they weren't even able to speak in front of a room full of like even four people and now they're doing all these seminars and then they're presenting themselves on national and international forums so I think we have done a great job of it up till now. During 2022 we also heard from expert volunteers in June, Natalia talked to Dr. Kate Kerr, a nurse from the UK. Kate has been volunteering with the Novo Nordisk Haemophilia Foundation for almost a decade. What about the collaboration between nurses and these other healthcare professionals as part of the uh, multidisciplinary care team? We tend to think that all patients live very close to haemophilia centres and that they can just pop in whenever we ask them to. That's not true in London, and it certainly isn't true when I've been in other countries. So, I, Or they live very close by, but actually the infrastructure to get them from wherever they live to the hospital is, is huge. So thinking to uh, Uganda, where 
we went out to see a family who lived only like about 50 miles away from the hospital, which is not that far, but it took six hours to get there. And so the challenge is in making sure that patients are able to access care wherever they live once they have a diagnosis and once there is treatment in the country. And again, that is about collaboration and coordination. So this time, not necessarily with a haemophilia expert, but it might be with a doctor, a nurse, a dentist, a physio that is geographically closer to the patient and who will be able to um, see them or treat them for a short period of time or, you know, for a long time giving treatment when they bleed, um, but closer to home for the family. So that is a challenge in terms of coordination, but actually for the patient and family is a real advantage to having a diagnosis and access to treatment. And looking back um, at some of the countries where you have been involved in, in training, have you noticed a change in some of them with regards to the role of nurses? Definitely. There's a, a slight issue in that it's tricky, depending on which country you're in, as to what it is that you're allowed to do with the rules of your government. So some countries, nurses can't administer factor. Some countries, nurses can administer factor but only if their doctors have allowed them to. Um, And some countries like the UK, you can administer, prescribe and do everything like a doctor can. So the rules are different. But what I have seen is the confidence of the nurses to say, this is a patient, he's got a knee bleed, he needs treating somebody somewhere, prescribe the factor so I can give it, or I can liaise with somebody locally to where he is to make sure that he does get treated. And I think that is a... It's a lifelong learning. You know, if you're going to stay in haemophilia, your confidence will grow as you learn and experience more. And Kate, what would you say to anybody who's perhaps thinking about volunteering in this space? There's something very beautiful about being able to go somewhere and do something with somebody that makes a difference to somebody else. And that doesn't have to be a nurse. We've talked a lot about nurses today, but that can be a physio or a doctor or a dentist. It can be anybody. And we get 10 times more out of going than we give. And that's a really beautiful experience to have. We hope you enjoyed these highlights from Impacting Care in 2022. To hear these interviews in full, please make sure to subscribe to this podcast. Were you inspired to impact haemophilia care in your country or region? Apply for a project with the Novo Nordisk Haemophilia Foundation. The website is www.nnhf.org. Bye for now. This podcast is intended for informational, educational and inspirational purposes only. Please speak with a healthcare professional before making any decisions related to your health. The interviews in this series are with project partners, people with bleeding disorders, and volunteers who are impacting care with the Novo Nordisk Haemophilia Foundation. Our guests haven't received compensation, and the views expressed are those of the people interviewed.